Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Valentine's Day, Swath Nation. Mwah. Was that okay? Was the audio coming through? It might, it might not have been on yours, but I fixed it now. Happy Valentine's Day, Swath Nation. Mwah. 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 And have I got a present for you from AEW? Matt Tavum, we love him now. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke and DAD. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button and give us a subscribe. And, of course, send in your Omega chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. You got that, those first show back jitters, have uh, you? I've forgotten, forgotten how everything works. I left my voice in New York. I, I was watching the news today and you were quite croaky voiced. Something happened and I was fine. And then I started shouting about not getting recognized. And uh, yeah, I just I didn't recover from the rest of it. Yeah. I was quite I was a bit ill in New York. OK. Yeah. I just want you to know I can't do the news tomorrow because I'm not here. So I Don't worry. I'm past the worst of it. The worst of it was uh, in the Guggenheim when I nearly pooed myself. <laughs> The Poogan, the Poogenheim, the Guggen Poo. <laughs> God damn. What was it that tipped you off? Uh, having way too much coffee because okay. I was not well and I was just trying to force myself to go to all the art exhibitions. <laughs> and then this beautiful building. Mm-hmm. I thought that's modern. Surely it's got great toilets. No, it's got one toilet. One toilet? Like one toilet per floor for way too many. Anyway, <clears throat> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Because the the main event of last night's Dynamite of Matt Taven versus Orange Cassidy in a Texas death match had everyone. I was keeping up to date with the news when I was was in New York mm-hmm. and I saw that get announced. It was Tuesday, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been jet lagged. I just looked at my phone and thought. Surely I'm hallucinating. But I don't think they announced it was a Texas death match until yesterday. Right. So they announced Cassidy versus Taven, and I went sure. Like, he's yeah. feuding with the kingdom. He's got a match with uh, Roddy at the pay-per-view. Sure, Matt Taven. If it wasn't him, it'd be Mike Bennett. So, sure, grand. And then it was like, it's a Texas death match. I'm like, sure. Like, you know, <laughs> grand. We're in Texas. I guess that makes sense. And then I was looking at the card. And I was like, I wonder what the main event of this show will be. Like, it's going to be Cassidy versus Taven. And I went, 
sure. You know what? Like, yeah, I guess. Maybe that should be the main event. Maybe it's the main event match, but I'm sure the three person in ring segment for the world title will go on last. That's right. I thought, yeah. yeah. And then the match happened and Cassidy comes out like out the gates firing and like, you know, really wanted to beat up. And I thought when they showed the video clips of them taking out Chucky last week and taking out uh, Rocky Romero on Rampage and then attacking him on Collision, I was like, okay, yeah, I still got a fairly decent story going Mm. into this. And then these two just went, like went out of their way to have an awesome Nuts, Texas Deathmatch. It's the best thing the United Empire's done. Yeah, because that's the other side of it, is that I'm so down on the United Empire <laughs> at the moment. Undisputed Empire. What did I say? I think you said Did I right. say the right thing? I think you said the right thing. No, I called it... What did I call them? I just Undisputed, called them the Undisputed Empire. Because I called them the United Empire, and that's Will Ospreay's uh-huh, uh-huh. It's the Undisputed Kingdom. Yes. yes. Yeah. The oh, Kings is tough. I'm. So, this is how down on the group I am. Mm. I don't even know what their name is. I, I've, I've thought they've not had a great follow up to this group. When Wardlow came out for a squash match earlier in this broadcast, I was like, yeah, sure. Least best thing on the show. Yeah. And like, even Adam Cole was just like on commentary. And I'm like, I didn't even know you were there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Cole didn't get an entrance. Yeah. And then, yeah, the only thing he does in that match is just at the end go, well, that's it. Yeah, that's and he it. He walks off. Well, he doesn't walk off. It's well, yeah, hobbles. <laughs> and then, so it's coming to this main event. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like, I like Cassidy. It'll probably do a fairly decent rating. I get that's why it's in the main event. But by the end of it, I was like, oh, Matt Taylor should just have matches on TV every week. This kid's wicked. Look, let me take, let me tell you a story please, about please. Matt Taver. Tell us a story about Matt Taylor. Um, I, I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it's 2014, 2015, and he won the. The, the Ring of Honor tournament they used to have, like their breakout star. Mm. I can't remember any details now, but Dominic Dijakovic once won it as well, I think. And Matt, I, I loved him from the start. I think he beat Mike Mondo in the <laughs> final when Mondo was on this just d- unbelievable three-month tear, mm-hmm. never to be seen again. <laughs> Some of the best work I've ever seen is in that Mike Mondo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Matt Taven wins, and he is just a fantastic upper mid-card guy for a couple of years. I think he goes with Truth Martini and it's just like, oh my God, he's going to be the guy that breaks through in a couple of years. He'll be world champion leading this promotion. And then that happened. Mm -hmm. And actually, that was a bit too much. Yeah, him winning the title in Madison Square Garden. Well, well, who was that? It was against Marty Skull. Marty Skull, it was a three-way. I can't remember the other Jay Lethal, maybe? Might have been Lethal. Lethal sounds about right. Everyone, you know, at the time, everyone wanted Skull to win. So when Taven, I think re, I think Taven retained. I think it, I think you might be right on that because you and I did live reactions yeah. to it. And you, did you hear Bret Hart was getting knocked out at the Hall of, <laughs> Hall of Fame at the same time? <laughs> I forgot that was the same night. Yeah, and Mega Ram was there. Mega Ram was there. Yeah, Enzo was there. Enzo and Cass, they they hopped the rail. Remember, there was this big thing of yeah. like New Japan wanted to do one show, but Ring of Honor wanted to do the Bully Ray show. Yeah. Yeah, strange times it's for strange. an identity crisis. Well, it's, it came at a bad time for them because all of the people that had sold those tickets left the promotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Matt Taven, honestly, great, great wrestler. And I think a great like entertainer, promo, character work and everything. But whatever it was, he, it was just too much of a push at that time. It was fun when he came in and stripped in our studio. And he's a lovely bloke, him and Dalton Castle, really, really nice fellas. And then I think he just became this 
like punchline for a couple of years of old Matt Taven. He's the guy that we didn't like as Ring of Honor World Champion, which, you know, was was fair, but it, it came at the cost of what is an excellent in-ring wrestler. And he had an opportunity to show how good he is in this main event. And there are, there's grabbing brass rings and there's getting the brass ring and doing a one-armed pull-up on it. Yeah. And that's what he did here. Yeah, falling into thumbtacks. Oh, and then through a table. Yeah. Because the craziest spot of this match, table's propped up on the announced desk outside. Orange Cassidy's there. Taven goes to... I think like two times he tries to go for it, but Cassidy he, fights him off. He, he does like a, a basement drop kick, mm. like runs the ropes as a basement drop kick to knock Cassidy through the table. It was actually a really cool way because he set the table up against the announcer's table. So it's sort of like at a, a right angle. And even the commentator was like, wow, this is, seems, this is a really different way of setting up a table. So he tries to drop kick him and Cassidy is like, but doesn't do it. So then he runs the ropes and does this big Undertaker leap over the ropes and Cassidy dodges out of the way and Taven just collides with this table. The announcer's thing like falls apart, all the headsets get messed up and it felt so chaotic because there's no commentary, just the crowd reactions going mad. And then you just hear Tony Schiavone off my guard like, oh my God! <laughs> like like Luke Owen watching Jordan Grace come out of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, not with less swearing though. Yeah, it was it was remarkable, and it was such a satisfying table break. And then right after that, Orange Cat, like the match was good already. We'd already seen Taven attempt a elbow drop off the stage through a table, didn't quite work, so they went through another table, brawling through the crowd. Then that spot happens, and it's like the the whole match went up a notch. Orange Cassidy gets out a little Valentine's day box of chocolates gift from chucky e. t nice touch he's out injured and he opens it and i thought what's going to be in there did, did you see what was coming i thought it was going to be a chain because mm. I, th- I felt at this point this is how weird i was in this match i was like ah that's the spot will lead to the finish but it wasn't <laughs> that was the spot that's sort of the final third of them that match. was the midpoint so i i thought that was just going to be the chain to do the orange punch with and then it was thumbtacks and i'm like oh, I, oh we're just getting started i guess yeah and then uh, I think Cassidy was thrown into them. Then Cassidy moved and Taven frog splashed the thumbtacks and he, he gets on his knees and he's just looking at the undersides of his forearms. One of the matches, well, I'll try and watch it with you tomorrow. Mm. Have you seen the, the Bullet Club, the War Dogs match versus no, United? No, the M- War Games one that goes on for about three days, I've heard. It's so good. Mm. And that's got some like nuts thumbtack spots in it as well. It's like it's hilariously it's the best war games match that anyone's done since WCW went under really. Really? Honestly, it is the like it is the best war games match. Oh, I've heard it outstays its welcome and the cage isn't high enough. The cage is hilariously small. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say arguably it's the best war games match that oh, wow. any of the major companies have done. Mm. Uh, I think it's superb. Oh, great. But like that has got some wickedly awesome um thumbtack spots in it. And that, that's what I thought. It felt like Taven and Cassidy saw that and were like, let's do that in our match as mm. well. Yeah, it was so good. And then in in the final bits you had uh, Mike Bennett came down, so Trent comes down. He's got a Valentine's Day box. He opens it. He's got a pipe in it. I thought that was a Terminator reference. I thought it was as well. 
But then someone said that's an Eddie Guerrero reference, which because he well, does do that, doesn't yeah, he? So China used to have the lead pipe within mm. the roses, but specifically he had his in the same box that the T that the Terminator has his in Terminator right. Two. That's why I thought it was a Terminator reference because yeah. it's exactly the same box, and he like removes it the same way that that Arnie does. Well, anyway, Taven, uh, everyone gets taken out, and. I'm pretty sure this is the point where Taven stands up, does his catchphrase at Orange Cassidy. I'm Matt Taven. <laughs> just, just the best catchphrase for a heel. Adam Cole said this on Chris Van Vliet's show. He was like, I just thought it'd be a fun heel thing to do. That's where Adam Cole Bay Bay comes from. He yeah. goes, I, I just did it 20 times in one match. Just <laughs> to get healy. I'm just going to keep saying my name. Taven saw that and I was like, that's good heat, brother. Yeah. Uh, but Cassidy orange punches him with the chain. Roderick, th- this is the bit I didn't. I quite I love the finish, yeah. But I don't like Roderick Strong's involvement in it. So Roddy comes in. He tries to take out Cassidy. Cassidy just nonchalantly throws him out the ring. No, no, it was. Um, this is why the spot's done. It's Trent took the bullet for Cassidy. Oh. So Strong was going to do the rising knee, and Trent, who's been having oh, his yes. issues with best friends, uh, and has sort of been acting a bit weird on took the bullet for mm. his friend and like they were putting man it's a good job that cassie's got a friend like trent i'm like man that heel turns mm. so coming soon um but yeah like that's with it but i agree i thought it was a weirdly because i thought roddy was going to get in the ring and help matt get up yeah because he was stood right next to matt taven who's being counted by the referee and i'm like like bad ai in a video uh. game just got <laughs> in. i'm like no roddy help me get me up roddy he's i can't select him it's just <laughs> I'm coming to do my my pre-selected thing, which is to attack Orange Cassidy. Um, but yeah, as we uh, Trent took the bullet for him, and then Taven. It's like Bryce Franks went, "Whoa, eight, <laughs> nine, <laughs> ten. Yeah, it was it was a great match. Uh, Undisputed Kingdom still don't look great, but Matt Taven looked awesome. Yeah, Matt Taven. I'm Matt Taven. I'm Matt Taven. I thought it was a hilariously fun main event mm. i was watching this on the tube and i was just like giggling to myself because i was I just that. having so much fun watching it and it would it totally totally surprised me this was the brian cage of texas death matches you know what it felt like to me that lax uh best friends parking lot brawl match. yes absolutely yeah. like, oh boom here's a five star <laughs> fun hardcore brawl yeah. at the end of a dynamite yeah, this, not five star. I wouldn't say this match was five stars, but god damn, it's it's one of the most fun experiences I've had watching wrestling this year. That that and the Samoa Joe hook match. I really, completely agree. It it blew away any expectations I had. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, let's see what you all think on the Omega Chats. I'll pass over to Luke for the opening two because they're from the Raw podcast. Uh, so Brett here says, that Seth Pro- uh, Cody promo was the best thing on Raw. And I have to say, your video on the Bloodline family tree is one of the best videos you've ever made. I've watched thank it you. multiple times. It's the Bloodline and Samoa Joe. <laughs> oh, thank you, everybody who's watched that. And if you, you know, share it around as well, if, if you like it. Or become a patron. Yeah, we... Uh, joked about this when we did the review of the press conference mm. but when the rock put up the bloodline family tree i like nearly text pete i was like pete we're releasing a video about this oh. in two days time we yeah we've been working on that video for about a month yeah and we were like oh no but what if like whatever the press conference does makes it out of date or overshadows it the perfect tier it actually set us up yeah it's great I, I will say by the way it's Pete and uh, Kelly and Ellis. There was a, there's a huge. That was too big a video for one person. Everyone, yeah, put loads of work into that. Uh, Sarah Marapali here has been a viewer since 2017. First time ultra chat. Hey Luke, even my two and a half year old daughter knows you guys. Every time I listen to your podcast, she tells me, Dad. It's Luke and Dan, or Ollie. <laughs> uh, do you think Jay will challenge Gunther at Mania 40? He's got the title shot next week. No, I think it'll be Jimmy and Jay. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, a match. They want to see. <laughs> I'm still holding out for Gunther versus Braun. Gunther versus Braun. I think that'll be the match. Oh. Uh, I'm just going to do this one as well. because I'll let you do it because my voice is a bit sharp. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'd take it from you. Derek Refbeard. <gasps> that was me in the front row with the sign. I just wanted to spread the good word of wrestle, <clears throat> wrestle talk mm. to the masses. Y'all are awesome. Have a good day. Thank you so much. That brought such a smile to my face this oh, morning. Huge when I saw it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm surprised we could see the sign underneath your beard. <laughs> <laughs> but you were you were right on the front row, right in the middle of the hard cam, just with a sign draped over the barricade. That's good manners. You don't want to obscure people behind you's yours view. And uh, I think you said. Was it the start of this year or at the end of last year? You're like, oh, I want. I wish people started showing signs for us in the yeah, crowd. I was like, what can, is there anything we can do? To, like, I guess Simon Miller always shouts out everybody. Like, I, every show I see a but I digress Taz. Like, what can mm. we do to get ours on there? What? what but maybe this is the start of a movement. What? What do you want to see people 
I Heart Wrestle Talk. I Heart Wrestle Talk. Every single, every show you go to. If you go into a show on, on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, what have you, take a sign that says I Heart Wrestle Talk. Yeah. If you come into a Rev Pro this weekend, because I'm going to that at Crystal Palace. Oh, nice. Take a sign that says I Heart Wrestle Talk and show it to Michael Oku and we'll spread <laughs> in the main event. Uh, Andy here says, I know the general consensus has been that the Undisputed Kingdom hasn't come off well, or that it's been silly for Roderick to call his shot so far away. But I think I've turned around on all of this. I'm not calling this high art, don't get me <laughs> wrong, but you have to let this play out to tell a good story. Undisputed took out Chucky. The next week they took out Rocky. Then they attacked Orange while he was alone. Does that add up to a Texas deathmatch making sense? Whatever your answer is, shouldn't take away from just how damn fun it was. They gave Taven a promo after the show to explain it further, that this match was just a way to wear out Orange before Revolution. Looking at the angle now, is it safe to say that it's played out to become a fun mid-card feud? I I mean, I love everything Orange does broadly. And this Taven performance was exemplary. Does that make me like the whole Undisputed Kingdom? Not yet. Mm Mm-hmm. I've, just got, I've thought of another sign I'd like someone to take oh, yeah. okay, go for it. Um, that says D-A-D because then when Britt Baker does come back my hope is that they'll <laughs> accidentally focus on that thinking it's a sign for Brits. Yes. Uh, ben here says Matt Taven gets unfairly blamed for the downfall of Ring of Honor because he was world champion during that time even though there were other way bigger reasons yeah. the company was failing <laughs> namely AEW. <laughs> Uh, seeing him prove all of the Melvins wrong <laughs> makes me happy. That's a great chat right there. I don't know what a Melvins is. Melvin, it's. I think that's what uh, Taven used to call people. Like, oh, was it? Yeah, like yeah. That and sounds kids, familiar. Yeah, it's it's from the nineties. Hmm. So you know, if you're a bit of a loser, you're Melvin. <laughs> There was a band called the Melvins. Uh, Brett J. Rasmussen here says that main event was awesome, and that Hangman Swerve Joe promo was the best. EVP Bucks are so good Brilliant. too. That survival series of TNA champions was so much fun to watch, especially Luke. Who is your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite TNA champion of all time? Mine's Samoa Joe. Well, do we have to ask you? No, I don't think you do. It's the, it's the one that matters the most. <laughs> AJ Styles. No, I'm kidding. It's Raven. It's Raven. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> it's, Jeff Jarrett. it's either Raven or Jeff Jarrett. But I would look to Raven because Slammiversary 05 was like, I was into TNA yeah. at like tail end of, at the start of 05, I was into TNA. But Slammiversary 05, I am into TNA and it becomes my new home. Of course it's Samoa Joe. Of course it's Kurt Angle. But there's a part of me. I've got so much fondness for Mick Foley. As, as his championship run. I'm the only one who remembered Foley as well yeah. in that survival series. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, should we get on with the full play-by-play? Please. If you haven't already, please send in an Omega chat. And we'll read out your chats uh, before the end of the show, if they're $5 and above. Here's a fun thing for you. I said it was from the 90s. It's from the 50s. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, culture references exactly. back, back to the Future is about the, the 50s, but it was made in the 80s. Yeah. The show started with John Moxley versus Dax Harwood, which was a brilliantly stiff match. Not just stiff for the strikes, but stiff for that men-on-men kissing action. Oh, man, if you like dude smooching, there's there two dude smooching spots at the start of this. Angrily smooching. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of, I mean, I, it's weird that there's so many people 
now that feels weird just to say their names as comparisons, but indulge me. When Brock Lesnar was reported to have kissed Jericho on the forehead in their backstage fight, yeah. and that actually being the most threatening thing <laughs> I can think of, that's kind of what Moxley did here. <coughs> we just kissed Dax Harwood early on the. I think was it? I think he kissed him on the face, like on the, the sort of the yeah, head, yeah. and then Dax just grabbed him by the face to smooch him right back. Yeah, A great Mind opening games. Yeah, to this Valentine's Day special, <laughs> they exchange kisses, and then Moxley bit him. <laughs> Love bites. They are, they just battered the piss out of each other, and it near, I thought it was going to go to a time limit draw at yeah. one point because they, they they made the call for it well i think they might start doing this because what went to the it was hangman so i haven't seen all of i saw i, I watched jericho Takeshta live at like 9 p.m and you decided i don't need to see anything else on this episode <laughs> of dynamite <laughs> clearly this episode has peaked <laughs> i was i was in the hotel room with we were very jet lagged we'd just gotten to new york and my lady partner in bed next to me was like, can we, can we not watch this on our holiday? I was like, just, just let me finish this match. <laughs> I'm sure it'll get good. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was the weakest thing on the show. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't see the whole show. Last so. week, last week was a very, very good show. I've heard. Yeah. So because that went to a time limit draw with Hangman and Swerve and they started to announce the time expired at a certain yeah. point, it lets the crowd sort of know, ah, okay, they're going to a draw. Unless you do the time calls all the time. I said this from <clears> the <throat> very start of AEW. Yeah. When they were doing time limit draws, I was like, you need to announce this in every match. Otherwise, if you don't, you'll end up with what happened when Osprey faced Pack at Rev Pro, which is in that one match on the show, they announced the time limit and like time limit was running out and the whole crowd booed because they were like, all right, so it's a draw then. Telegraphs the finish. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they're going to just do 15-minute time calls forever now mm -hmm. to to get over this. And, you know, sometimes it will happen before. Well, great in the C2. Yeah, I loved it in the C2, yeah. yeah. So this was great. It wasn't just stiff strikes and smooches. There was also a lot of, you know, top-tier classic wrestling moves. Yeah. The sort of moves I would have on a strong grapple for my creator wrestler. Yeah, you got, you know, a Bret Hart guy in the ring in Dax Harwood. So he's like, I'm going to do you some moves. Pile drivers, power bombs, superplexes. Perfect. Love this. Mm. Uh, Moxley got in the bulldog choke and it looked like that Dax might be able to survive it. Uh, but unfortunately, he didn't and he, uh, he tapped out for the win. Quitter. And then Mox would not let go of the hold. And I've never seen Cash so pissed off in my life. He like yeah. dived into the ring to deck Mox to like get off, get off him, get off him. And then Claudio comes down. And Claudio, in the same motion of picking <laughs> Cash off of Moxley, hit him with the neutralizer. I I thought I missed a couple of frames. <laughs> I don't know how the video happened. jumped forward. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, and that allowed Moxley to go back to Dax and finish choking him out entirely. And Dax was just passed out on the ropes. It was cool. And it's, you know, it's obviously setting up an angle. They've got a match next week. Next a week. tag match. FTR versus Moxley and Claudio. Yeah. That's that's some sexy stuff right there. Think of all the men on men kissing. <laughs> Because Tembo and I were talking about this earlier. He was like, I thought they would do that tag match at the paper. Yeah. But maybe you'll do it as a trios. 
put like Danielson or you actually put Uta in there. Or Danielson will face Kingston. That's yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that's already been announced. So mm. yes, yeah, so you put Uta in that role. You do Uta, Claudio, and Marks versus FTR and Danny Garcia, and you can have the Garcia Uta stuff, almost like the young mm. boys of each person's sides. Yeah, well, I'm I'm all for it, and also what I'm all for is the Callis family backstage with Rene Paquette. Um, after being in Jericho last week, Don says there's nobody to face to Kester at the pay per view, so he's going to face another. Don Callis family member, the debuting Will Ospreay. That's a great choice for a first match. First time ever. Two of the best wrestlers in the world. Yep. Wow. I think that is such a great, great choice because that's like a proper exhibition just put Will out there for the debut. That is a perfect Will Ospreay debut match. And you'd hope maybe it can sow some seeds of Osprey splitting away from the Don mm. Callis family because I don't think he needs to be in the Don Callis family. Yeah, I, I do like it though, especially because Fletcher's in <coughs> Fletcher's in there as well. And I like Don Callis had this wonderful line where he said, "Well, back when I was a kid, my dad would get drunk and make his kids fight in the backyard, and afterwards we'd we'd still be brothers." Mm-hmm. I just love that that toxic head of the family there yeah. for their faction. Could be good. Like, I mean, the match will be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll be curious to see what story comes out of it afterwards. Cannot wait for this show now. Yeah. Like with some of the matches on here, Sting's last match, Kingston Danielson, yep. Takeshita Osprey. Yeah. I like Storm and Perazzo. I yeah, think it's going to be Storm really, Perazzo. really great. I, I think the three-way with Joe. Oh my God, yeah. Joe Swift. <laughs> I think this is going to be a stacked old yeah. show. And... Yeah, I, I mean, it's a great choice. Not only that, but it does mean we're not getting like another Chris Jericho involvement with this. Like this oh, almost felt nice. this almost felt like a promo that was like we're we're done with the Jericho feud now, so we're moving on to other things. We would rather fight each other <laughs> than fight Chris Jericho again. <laughs> After that, we got Wardlow just squashing Barrett Brown. We already talked about this earlier, and there's literally nothing more to add. Yeah, he hit the last ride for the win. Uh, We got a clip from the Jacksons earlier in the day, arriving via private jet, still wearing the white suits that were blooded by Sting and Sting's son's viscous liquids. I uh, I said this to Tempo on last week's show, but when they came out in those suits, I was like, crikey, those suits are white. (laughs) I was like, those are the whitest suits. Daz white. And it was. It was like a Daz challenge. And then the second they got the blood, I was like, oh, that's white. They'll just (laughs) wear those all the time now. Yeah. Um, we'll get back onto the Jacksons because I, th- I thought they were terrific on this episode. Adam Copeland then took on Daniel Garcia. This was positioned as a number one contender match for the TNT title <coughs> rankings. <laughs> what did I say was going to happen when the rankings came back? I said that makes sense. I said geeks on the internet will argue about it. And what have Meltzer and Alvarez done since they've come back? Is just argue about the rankings. Point proven. I've been catching up on Observers and Alvarez ranting about that collision segment where Garcia comes. And and Copeland agrees to let him have the match, even though Copeland is ranked third and can choose whatever he wants. And then Copeland accuses Garcia of taking food from his table. (laughs) And Alvarez loses it. It's a classic Alvarez rant. Um, 
They didn't like the Derby promo. I saw they mm. did not like it. I quite liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, so Matt Maynard's on commentary as well. They, they, they have a good match, I thought. Garcia was getting a lot of offense. Copeland's just really good at laying out this kind of fight. It felt like Garcia was like positioned as the baby face in this yeah. match. Uh, he's working over Copeland's leg to get that dragon tamer in. But then, when Copeland has the cross face in, we get a very rare DQ finish in AEW. Yeah. You get one a year of these, and it was Kill Switch and Nick Wayne attacking Copeland. When I say as well that Garcia was positioned as the babyface, like I know he's been a babyface on TV, and more meant that like Copeland was almost positioned as the heat, like the babyface going up against a heel Copeland, even though Copeland was also a babyface. I, I was, you know, DQ finishes, they don't happen a lot in AEW, but then we got what was arguably the best thing on this show, which is Shayna Wayne's turtleneck, which was like Claudia Winkleman levels of like monstrously massive. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> it was so heel. I, I've written in all caps, Shayna is wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> yeah. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Excellent commitment to the bit. Uh, so what happened was they were going to Concerto Garcia Daddy Magic tried to stop it. He got taken out. Copeland saved Garcia, and then Copeland was going to beat up Christian with a chair, but Shayna, Wayna... I have to think so hard to not say Martha. Low blows, Copeland. And that let the patriarchy concerto Copeland, which I don't think's happened yet. No, I don't think it has either. Copeland has concertoed like Nick Wayne. Yeah. Um, it's a shame <laughs> that's what <laughs> turned Shayna rightfully heel against him but when Christian does it it's a bad thing mm. I, initially I really like this because then Christian walks off and he's snogging his own championship belt Garcia's beside Copeland and he looks angry and vengeful and I thought oh well Copeland can now face Christian for the TNT title as a, as a filler feud mm. And then I remembered Revolution is but two weeks away. Yeah. So I think we're getting Edge and Christian 3, a revolution. Or I know I posed a six-man earlier, but what if it's it's Garcia versus Christian and you delay the, the Christian-Edge return match? I'd prefer that. Yeah, so have Edge sell the injury. Maybe make his return at Revolution after the match um, to make the save for Garcia, perhaps. But yeah, just do Garcia and Christian in the singles. I think that's the right way to go. If we didn't have a pay-per-view like two weeks away, this would be a great TV month filler thing. Copeland comes back two weeks before the pay-per-view. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Then you have the third match. But I feel like Copeland right now, while I'm really liking everything he does, I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm super into him. No, I don't think so. I want to see him finish the story, <laughs> but not at the expense of Garcia's momentum. No, I've, I feel like with Copeland at the moment, I'm when he's on TV, it's grand and all, and it's 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 always great to see Copeland wrestle because mm. you know it's a period of time when we didn't have that anymore, so that's great. But it's TV's grand and the the builds are okay, but then when it gets to pay per view, they have like a great match because that's what happened at um, World's End. So I think that's where I'm kind of on. I'm like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll enjoy the story now, but I'm pretty sure the pay-per-view match will be awesome. Oh, yeah. So like, my, I know my end goal will be good. But when Copeland came in, he laid out this story, which is that eventually Christian's family will turn on him, Edge will be there to pick up the pieces, and then they'll reform mm -hmm. E&C and win the tag titles. We're still on chapter one of that story. It's, it's getting Bottom a of the second. It's getting, a, it's getting a little Jericho for my liking here. <laughs> uh, at, least, at least Copeland can go away and come back. Yeah. I hope he does. 
After that, we had a terrific segment, recap package of last week's Swerve versus Hangman match. And then Samoa Joe's in the ring. He's the best. Uh, then Swerve comes out with Prince Nana. He's also the best. The crowd are going wild for him. Although there was a fantastic moment when Swerve was heckled. And it was just a lovely heckle. <laughs> And everyone laughed at how lovely this heckle was. Yeah. Swerve did so well to not break. <laughs> so Swerve's doing his promo and he's just going, you know, Samoa Joe last week, you said, you said. And then someone in the crowd goes, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it really, I, I thought it was very funny. It's very nice. Yeah. I, I because I didn't hear it at first. So I had to like mm, rewind to, to, to hear what the guy said. And when it was just, what do you say? It reminds me of a chant I used to really like in indie shows where the wrestler would go, ask him, you mm -hmm. know, like that in a, yeah. in a submission. And the referee would ask him, no, he's not going. And then someone in the, the crowd would go, ask him again. <laughs> and then that wouldn't work either. Ask him a third time. And we just, yeah. Like uh, Kevin Owens used to do that a lot in his NXT run. He's doing it to uh, Finn Balor. Where he was like, ask him! And he didn't say anything. Yeah. Ask him in Irish! <laughs> um, <coughs> so Swerve carried on and he's talking about how he's the best in the world. He's coming for the title. Swerve was so over. Yeah, he had this line where it's like, I one day hoped that I would be in the conversation to be the best in the world. And today is that day. Mm. And that was a really, really great line. I love Joe's earlier line as well when he was like, you know, they uh, they ended in a draw last week, which by my count should put them to the back of the line. But the championship committee did something, made a decision like Texas. It was bigger and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> so then Hangman Page comes out with what I described in my review as the energy of Roderick Strong saying, Adam! I was so curious to what your reaction to this would be because you weren't here last week when they did the double turn. Oh, did they do a double turn? Yeah, last week was the like weirdest thing because I watched this match being like, man, Swerve feels like the babyface. He made this valiant babyface comeback throughout the match. And I'm there going like, Swerve feels like the face in all of this. And then Swerve's the one who's like, five more minutes for oh, this oh that's and, why Paige said no and hangman was like you just had to beat me nope and I, ain't, I ain't doing it and when he's walking up the ramp and that's when tony shivani announces it's gonna be a three-way at revolution and hangman is like he didn't beat me he can't beat me he can't do it and he's gone into a justified heel turn and because he's you know his whole point was swerve can't beat me on his own he needs the mogul embassy and in this match he specifically took out nana so the mogul can interfere and he's like, he can't beat me without them. He's absolutely right. Also, Swerve cut a promo with his baby, yet somehow Swerve's <laughs> ended up the baby face and Hangman is the heel. He's cool. He's, co he's got a big mustache. Um, wow, that's a really good heel turn. I wasn't aware of that. No. So I was, I was, when I was watching this, I was like, Ollie oh, won't have known. They did the double turn last week. Oh, damn. Oh, I can't. I'll, I'll watch the, the full episode this weekend. Um, so yeah, Hangman comes out and he's like, you you said it it should be me versus you what does he say i'm i'm not saying i'm angry or yeah well his whole point was like the whole thing of last week is that swerve had to beat me which obviously it's not. It's like, he just had to beat me and he couldn't do that. So I think that should just be a one-on-one -on -one match, Joe. I think you're right. This should just be a one-on-one -on -one match. Even though Paige didn't win either. His whole, I, was, yeah. oh, I should be, I should be ranked number one. It should just be me. And 
they him and Paige just swerve and Paige just get into this argument like back and forth and Samoa Joe just separates and was like right okay the pay for you I'm just gonna beat you both up yeah he's a, a terrific mic drop ending you I'm you're not gonna pin him to win my title you you're not gonna beat him to win my title I'm gonna beat both of you boom yeah it's great it's great so finish just awesome uh and a weird six man for next week it's <laughs> It's Joe Swerve and Brian Cage yep. versus Hook, RVD, and Hangman Page. That's a proper universe mode like matchup. I said it to Tempest earlier. I was like, "Have you seen the Six Man next week?" It says, "Well, universe mode." He's like, "That is the most random assortment of like six guys." Well, I think they all make sense. In a, so yeah. Cage is Swerve's friend. Hangman defended Hook mm-hmm. in the aftermath of the Joe stuff. And you got the Hook and RVD. And, and he, well, and also Hangman chose RVD to go against Swerve in the Dealer's Choice That's matches. True, yeah. And it was Hook and Joe. <coughs> it's just like when you, you write it down on paper, you're like, "It's what a weird selection of guys." But I'm, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, it all makes sense, which I really appreciate. I'm just. Now the characters have changed moralities <laughs> since the last time they presumably hung out. So I'm really curious to see how Hangman is yep. tagging with Hook and RVD. Love it. Great, great main event story. Yeah. Uh, really, really exciting. We got a, a short film called Wet Ink from Tony Storm, all in black and white. And she was getting a touch up on her tattoo, which she shares with Diana Perazzo. And it was a knife through the duck. Yeah. I they had a moment last week which I didn't pick up on, but someone pointed out in the comments. Um, Tony Storm won her match last week with an ankle lock, mm. and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I said, "Like, oh, it's great because Donna Perazzo is this technical wrestler, so she's showing Donna Perazzo the Tony old Tony Storm is still here, and I can do uh, technical wrestling just as good as you have." And then someone pointed out in the comments, "Was like, she'll see the tattoo when she's got her in the ankle lock." Parazzo's ankle tattoo and that might be something that triggers something within Tony Storm to remember who she truly is it's very well done I like it a lot and then it cuts back to Diona, and Diona just goes well, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet I'm going to break your arm bitch <laughs> yeah fair enough money line uh, the Jacksons then took on top flight which where, where they had not only did they wrestle in the blood covered suit they had proper fred durst like chin strap goatees that i i've written here they've got the worst mid 2000s <laughs> chin straps and i say mid it's early 2000s nick wayne looks like a drawing nick wayne nick wayne <laughs> nick jackson nicholas jackson nicholas jackson looks like a drawing of someone you've seen at a crime scene <laughs> the the way he's so etched his beard on you know it's so defined <laughs> yeah it's so good what their new music succession right it's a completely succession oh, i'm loving it their entrance video as well because they put the whole thing up on youtube it's them on like private jets and stuff and walking off the evps matthew and nicholas jackson but yeah it's the succession theme there's even one point where it's basically the succession mm. theme in the breakdown really good and as this match went on because now with these new characters you're not wrestling the Young Bucks. You're not even just wrestling a team. You, as contractors of AEW, are wrestling your bosses. And the bosses might do things in the match that make you think your job is on the line. Yeah. 
they're also if you do the wrong thing they're also really good at being uh, presenting themselves as the bosses who don't really know a lot about them as well because they can't make a reference like you know these two teams have faced each other before on dynamite but the young bucks are acting like they've never wrestled mm-hmm. before there was a moment when matt did his um fake ddt thing his fake out ddt and he sits and was like wow, these kids are good <laughs> it's almost as if he's like doing an appraisal yeah, yeah. of his employees yeah. during a match yeah, it's it's really well done, and I I describe them as Kendall and Roman. Yeah, uh, at one point because they, I think Nick had a flare up because he was gonna punish. He get he like he flared up with Dante Martin maybe, and like you, you're doing too well, and then Matt gets in and smooths it over. Yeah, it's okay. It's my brother's a hothead. I thought it was really well done. I love it. Um, why did all the crowd suddenly have pieces of paper with the number two on? I'm guessing because someone handed them out. That was annoying. <laughs> <coughs> Every near fall, yeah. all of a sudden, two. About 30 people hold up the number two. In a love heart. Yeah. Yeah, Valentine's Day. I don't want to see that anymore. No, well, you don't want to see the fans having fun? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I don't that uh, meat, chubs. <laughs> People singing hardcore country. <laughs> I agree. You know, we want tables can get in the bin, mm-hmm. but and what can as well. But if only people want to have fun while they're there, you know, you are the guy who wants to defend the beach ball. That was a protest vote against <laughs> a crappy WWE product. Well, yes, but it was during a match that was quite good. There's going to be some civilian casualties. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Matt got his feet on the ropes. Rick Knox disallowed that. Nick's arguing with Rick Knox, and that allowed Matt to hit a low blow EVP trigger for the win. Love that they've renamed that yes, as well. It's perfect. Just remember then, do you remember when we had Zombie Beach Ball as a recurring character on the podcast? Oh, because it kept coming back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, like, we, um, you and I really struggled once to do a skit where he was, Zombie Beach Ball was on the set and we were trying to put the headset over it but because the headset was too small it kept going, I forgot about that so I think we taped it down in the end <laughs> um, so really decent match Tony Schiavone's in the ring afterwards and he's interviewing the Jacksons and they say well we're undefeated this year so we're the number one contenders now I don't know if this is how the rankings actually work or it's a, a kayfabe joke of their, them exploiting their own power I think it's a, them exploiting their own power which is fine but you do that six months down the line after the rankings, as opposed yeah. to the very first thing that you've done with the rankings. Yeah, because they've won two or one two match? Ma- two matches. <laughs> they won a match on Rampage and then won this one here. Yeah. So Tony said that... So Tony described the attack on Sting and his sons last week as heinous. And Nick Jackson just flips out, says, that is defamation. I'm going to fine you a $1,000. And he pushes Tony Schiavone to the ground. But publicly disparaging the EVPs of this company. And they help Matt smooth things over again because Nick's the hothead. And they help up Tony Schiavone to his knees. And there is a moment, all of a sudden, when Tony Schiavone's on his knees and the Young Bucks have an arm each. The exact position for an EVP trigger. The realisation on Tony's face when he realised that's what was about to happen to him was genuinely brilliant really really well thought out visual spot uh darby interrupts and he makes the save and then he has a work shoot promo yeah. Yay. um so people seem a bit split on this okay i i listened to it i really enjoyed it dave Meltzer and brian alvarez did not like it because they feel 
like last week's anger was so good, use that as the fuel for the anger, not a load of Vince Russo inside a baseball. Inside a baseball of you started that you employed all your friends. You know, mm. it, it buries the lead somewhat. But it is character based. Yeah, like this yeah. is the Young Bucks's. The, these are the Young Bucks's characters now. So it's not like a work shoot promo where it's not tied to character work. Like if this was just if this was the Young Bucks of four months ago, then you could make the argument of like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. But this is literally their characters now, is that they're the dickhead EVPs. Mm. So I think it works in that context. But I do agree that they didn't make enough of the attack last week. Sting not being there, I thought was a you know the right move because he should be off selling the injury. Um, but yeah, I think they should have made more reference to the the beatdown. I mean, they were, you know, covered in blood like <coughs> So what Darby actually said, uh, he had a great line about how the Bucks didn't see anything in him when AEW was starting out, even though AEW's mission was to change the world, presumably for the better. Instead, they just hired all their S-word friends from California. He wasn't on the first episode of Dynamite, but Brandon Cutler was. What the F? Brandon Cutler uh, on social media is doing he's sean ross app mm. like that's his new gimmick so he keeps talking about his sources within aew are like feeding him information uh, i'll find out the one he went out about that. yeah he did say I, I hope that becomes an on-screen character where he can start doing these reports backstage in skits and to commentators so the big line from this was darby continued saying thank god there was an evp there at the ta- at the start to hire Derby with some brains, and he's not talking about Kenny Omega. Yeah, the crowd chant is the other thing that Meltzer, I believe, didn't like about this because it's putting over someone from another company. It, it, I would say Meltzer was ninety-five percent focused on you should have used the Sting stuff. More. Okay, um, for, from when I listened to it, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is a bit like, oh, I mean, it's nice to shout out Cody Rhodes. Yeah, um, but AEW experimented with turning the promotion heel in the MJF storyline did not work for them. No. This is going well so far, though, but you probably do want to balance it a bit just so you don't end up with people chanting against the company. But I feel like this is not chanting against the company. This is just against the Bucks. Like This is an AEW. This is just the... I mean, they are the... But then EVPs. Cody left. Yeah. I, 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 I get what I you agree mean, with yeah. you. I yeah, agree yeah. with you, but... If you go too far down, absolutely, that path. yeah, yeah, I yeah, know, I agree. Um, yeah, so I, but I, I enjoyed the Derby promo. I know I'm saying like I'm quite critical of it, but I'm just trying to give more mm, of a, no, I think a well-rounded. Yeah, uh, I liked it, and I, overall, I just Derby confirmed the tag title bout a revolution. For me, this is the best non-elite storyline the Bucks have done in AEW. That's the other thing as well. Is I think that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm not as down on this promo as, as others are. is because I'm just really enjoying the Bucks' work. I thought Darby cut a hell of a promo. I thought it was a really, really good promo. Yeah, yeah it showed real good fire. Because yeah. the Bucks in AEW, you have great matches mm-hmm. and you have great storylines with Kenny Omega or Hangman Page. Everything else has been a bit hit and miss mostly yeah. miss i think you're right like it's just they always end up in good matches because bucks versus ftr you know one of the greatest tag matches in north america history but the build to it was absolute toilets mm. and you know it's the same with like the stuff they did with the lucha brothers like really like the incredible matches 
but I can't tell you a single angle from the TV build-up that they did for it. But I can but, tell you, I can tell you the match. Yeah. But this, I can, I can tell you the angles. I can tell you the promos that they've mm. done. Uh, Renee's backstage with the bang bang scissor again. Stunned us on that Brandon Cutler thing. Uh, sources are saying that Darby Allen's remarks tonight about an innocent lower level wrestler weren't received well from talent in the back. <laughs> One reliable source noted it's never a good look to punch down. That's very good. Uh, yeah, the bang bang scissor gang, they're going to have a 12 man tag on Rampage. And the last thing we'll talk about was a, a weird match, I guess. Willow Nightingale versus Sky Blue. Baby face, the best baby face versus. Uh, evil heel Willow Nightingale was super over uh, I, I enjoyed the match and then heel manager Stokely Hathaway helped babyface Willow win I quite like the pairing of a, the overtly babyface Willow Nightingale with overtly heel manager Stokely Hathaway so it's, it's an odd couple pairing uh, they it doesn't work in in my head. Particularly because Sky Blue had her pin for a long time. Yeah, that was, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, so Willow Nightingale is the delusional babyface heel, where she thinks she fairly yeah. won that match. You can't do this. Like, it, no. it, it'll turn Willow heel. That's it. Like, I'm curious of what the storyline's going to be with, like, Chris Allen, because they've been running this for a while mm. now. You know, it's a few months they've been doing this story <laughs> between her, Willow, and Stokely. So I'm curious to see where it'll go. I can't say I'm like, I'm dead excited to see where it'll go. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm also just giving this some props because, like, hey, that's that's like a third women's story <laughs> going on. So I guess Mercedes Monet really is coming oh, in. Yeah. You've got to put some effort forward. Um, but I, th- I thought the match was really good. And mm. I thought the crowd really got into it as well. Uh, Willow's great. Willow's Sky great. Blue's really good. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about someone who the company's just got behind and mm-hmm. just can't, like, gave a chance to, and she's improving every single time she's gone out. Like, her and Julia Hart, I think, are really good examples of a company giving people a, a, yeah. a go. But um, yeah, the, the odd couple pairing is um, I'll, I'll see it because <laughs> it'll happen in front of me. And I will have it. I'll either be like, eh, or I'll be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Overall, I gave this 89%. I thought this was a terrific episode. Yeah. Uh, for me, I didn't see last week's episode, but the Joe Hook show was my favorite episode yeah. of the year. This is the second best of the year for me. I, I thought this was a terrific episode. I'd give it a four out of five. But yeah, yeah. really, really good time with this episode. It really felt like there was some proper momentum back. Last week's show had that as mm. well. Like, if, I, I think we you know, use the term, we're back. But it really does feel like they're starting to get back on some momentum here. And then you look at the next few months, Osprey, Mercedes Monet, potentially Okada. This, this is big, potentially. It is, although, you know, I did see that Okada match with Will Osprey, and <laughs> what I saw within that match was like, well, that'll be what dynamite matches look like, <laughs> but fifty percent less effort. Before we get into our remaining Omega chats, we're going to say a very big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. The Hurricane, Gregory Helms. The Geordie Bus Driver, Harry. Uh, murderous, James Mutar. WrestleTalk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. Do you want to do this one? Spoken yesterday, Jeremy Smith. John Jenkinson. 
Son of Jenka. The singing luchador, Joseph Santana. The saint, Joshua Peters. The heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Too lot to handle, Lottie McCulloch. Manipulating Manny Umaria. The needs of Manny Cornish outweigh the needs of the few. And that is your Hall of Fame class for the 15th of February, 2024 edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much. Please go over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk to not only get your own shout outs, but watch loads of great exclusive content yeah we've got a whole new episode of survival series thunderdome edition up there the uncut version of survival series where because there was a comment that was really upset that we didn't say we saved our truth till like the very end of when we were writing down saying tna champions and it was one of the first names i said and you can see that in the uncut mm. version it was like the second name i said um but yeah so go and check that out the thunderdome edition which has got it's got righteous reg on this one so it's a really really fun episode and ollie and i's near four hour breakdown of royal rumble 2014 the next episode we're recording it next week is extreme rules 2014 which has got the shield versus evolution that'll be very fun and we're also going to cover <coughs> excuse me that chamber match the wyatt family shield match 10 years ago yeah, this ten, month absolutely yeah mm. so the wyatt shields uh, trios match that they had and then the trios match they had at WrestleMania when they just killed the uh, the New yeah. Age Outlaws and Kane in his slacks. And then we're going to be uh, catching up where we are and looking at the rules. It's been fascinating watching some of the rules. Uh, well into our chats let's go i forgot that i was leading this uh rob here says jericho has a plan to get hot again he's keeping the callous family feud going so he can be osprey's first uh, program then a family fallout will result in jericho uh, and osprey <laughs> versus the don callous family at wembley jericho gets the pin and becomes england's greatest hero oh my god that is exactly what jericho sees this year that's actually that feels so accurate I've seen that movie. Because like Jericho would be like, we had the big match. Mm. You know, I think it was the biggest match at Wembley last year, so now we can be the big we can do the biggest tag match at oh. Wembley. Uh Mr. Hamstacks, first time chatter. My brothers and I are making a trip down to uh North Carolina for Revolution. I'm beyond excited as this card keeps getting better and better. Osprey versus Takeshita is going to be mental. What match are you guys looking forward to the most? Oh, good question. I mean, it's it's Sting's retirement. I think so as well. Yeah, I'm really really excited for that match. The three way I think is going to be awesome. Kingston Danielson. Yeah, because the the stuff that they did in the C2, I love, and the stuff they've done since then, I've absolutely loved as well. But then you, know, I love Will Ospreay mm. and him versus Takeshita. I want to see something great out of Takeshita this year. Mega Train 84. Sure, I'm glad that Tony waited until after Di- after the Dynamite stage finally made it up into the fight forever before announcing a new stage. I guess it uh, I expect it in the season five DLC for about fifteen bucks. So new set. They've just put the, yes, they put the new set, the current Dynamite set, into the latest update for Fight Forever, and then Tony Khan said <laughs> we're changing the set. Um. Toby here said, the show was awesome, and I fully believe what Sean Rossap fancy booked with Swerve winning at Revolution, but Hangman assists. How you book that, I don't know, but now that's all I want. Oh, what, like uh, Hangman helps him, and then he's like, now I can beat you for the, I can take it from you. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe. 
But I don't want Joe to lose this early. No, me not. I'm really enjoying his mm. work. Uh, TM, good afternoon, fellas. Dynamite rocked. Just to get ahead of the bad faith arguments, Matthew and Nicholas becoming the number one contenders is meant to not make sense in the ranking. It's them using their EVP status to cheat the system, which is a great bit of story. Which I agree, but as I said previously, it's you do that six months after the rankings. Doing it immediately after bringing the rankings back just makes a mockery of the whole thing. We have an unknown username. Please do let our moderators know. It's a Streamlabs issue. While I was watching the Christian Coalition beatdown, I wondered where the rest of the remnants of the JAS hmm. were. Hager I may get, but Angelo is Matt Maynard's tag partner. Other than that, it was a good show. Need more psychotic hangman. Angelo's with Ruby Soho at the moment. I think so, yeah. I, I can't remember where that storyline went. Yeah, it's presumably to Rampage. Uh, uh, well, they had a match on Rampage, so yeah, so probably combing his hair. Dutch girls, Dutch girls uh, said, I have uh, this feeling that after the revolution, which Joe will win, Adam Page will turn full heel by approaching the EVP Bucks, oh. asking them whatever they can do to steer Strickland away from the title picture. The first thing I thought when I saw him be a bit more heel was, oh, it's interesting, Hangman's heel and Bucks are heel. Yeah. We've seen many incarnations of Elite being broken up and together and babyface and heel. Have we had a fully heel Elite yet? Not in AEW, no. No. Mm. Just, Justin here says, the pay-per-view card, do you remember they were the six-man tag champions? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Justin here said the pay-per-view card looks great right now and there's chances that we'll get two to three more matches added to make it at least (laughs) just to the (laughs) pre-show sadly I've seen this before from AEW and I know we'll end up with 12 to 14 matches over five to six hours so the great matches are surrounded by crap ones sorry Justin I I stepped on your punchline there Matthew here says hi Luke and Ollie been watching Restalk since August of 2017 are you proud of what you've built what do you think of Meltzer's claim that the Derby promo ruined the feud and made Jim Cornette the baby face and ignored the insane bloody beatdown from last week yeah so we, we've already talked about that uh, but the Jim Cornette element was Derby saying you know you just hired all your friends which he's, is what think, Cornette's been saying well forever. I think he also said all friends wrestling which I think mm. I believe is a Cornette yeah. line yeah it is um yeah that there is i liked the promo i like the idea of the promo there were some bits i wouldn't have had in there uh like that cornet bit yeah. and the cody bit as yeah. much as i loved it i just thought you, you're distracting from the core of the feud to get a few cheap shoot pops i agree Ben Blizz kid <laughs> <laughs> sorry for being out of subject but that bloodline video was top tier man i need more of that aew has their equivalent of money in the bank right hangman should win it and use it the day swerve becomes champ don't even play his music hit hangman's at the fall Mm. Uh, andy sandbox quick thing about the evps they did mention on rampage they would climb the rankings so it was actually pretty funny heel maneuver that not even a week later they said they've accomplished that (laughs) to be fair they did beat the number three in the rankings what are the rules what I'll bring that back. BCA has been a member for four months in a row. Hope Kenny and MJF are healing up, along with Akada, Osprey, Monet joining it. Might be my favorite roster since the Attitude Era, maybe ever when seen. It, yeah, I can't think of a more stacked roster. That's it. We talked about the names coming in, but that's right. Returning names like Omega, if we, you know, he's able to come back, and MJF when Cole is fit and healthy again. Mm. That's going to be crazy. Hey Jazz, hi guys, hope you're both well. These AEW rankings don't make sense. The Bucks weren't in the rankings recently, and now they're somehow number one, or is it some play on their EVP status in the storyline? Really excited for Osprey. I can imagine him leaving Don soon. Me too. Mm. 
Uh, Andy Sandbox has been a Membug for five months. Said, Ollie, your Bloodline video actually did make me finally commit to becoming a member of the Patreon. Keep up the great work, Russ Talk. Love you all. Oh, thank you so much, Andy. And again, all, all the love for me. Remember, I was just the tip of the iceberg on that video. There were loads of people involved in making it. So show some love to Pete, Kelly and Ellis as well. Do you want to you promote your next one? Well, yes. Uh, well, hopefully, I, you know, I've not really checked in on how it's coming along. It's coming along. It's really yeah. well, yeah. So uh, this Saturday, it should be The Fall of the McMahons, where I've gone back uh, with Pete and Kelly's help and, and looked at just the, the whole McMahon dynasty, really, all the way back to the 1900s yep. through to now. There was, there's some stuff and some parallels in there that I never considered before. Uh and yeah, ends with not a single McMahon now owning, well, being in control of WWE. And we've got a couple more that we've already recorded this week, uh, which will be me looking at essentially the fall of WCW and what AEW can learn mm. from that and the comparisons made between the two. And then the week after that, one I recorded today, which I thought is really interesting to look back on, how WWE have changed the way we watch wrestling, mm. looking at their history of pay-per-view, the history of the network, so much of which I'd actually forgotten about, yeah. and then their move to Peacock and their move to Netflix. It's, it's weird how WWE have been at the forefront of broadcast trend industry changes every time. Pay-per-view, streaming services, and then those streaming services being bundled into larger streamer packages. Yeah. It's cr- I, the network in particular, mm. looking at the way that insiders were talking about it, being like, this is a game-changing decision to make. And it literally blew up spectacularly in their face because they massively overestimated the popularity of their own company. When I was researching... Um, the McMahon, the fall of the McMahons, uh, and I did a bit on pay per views and McMahon and his success there. I didn't know he owns the domain name payperview.com. Does he really? If you type in payperview.com, <laughs> it reroutes to WWE.com. No way! That's crazy. That's so good. Uh, Initiative Coffee Co. says, I'm a PhD student in anthropology and struggling to convince my advisor that pro wrestling is the best Ooh. place to conduct. Ethnographic research? Ethnographic research, yeah. Ethnographic research. Is there a way to get access to reference lists for the Bloodline video and the Poison Miss and Lucha Mask, which is one of the Lauren did oh, back yeah, on yeah, Part sure. um, Well, yeah, yeah, we've got all the research still about. Uh, email support at wrestletalk.com, and Jenna should be able to help you out there because she'll pass on the stuff to me. Oh, but that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, ethnographic research. So I guess that's like different ethnicities, how they're... How they're used and represented in wrestling yeah oh yeah yeah that sounds great we'd love to help and lastly here from just donny who's been a member for 29 months in a row just says we great contribution absolutely right let's end this poll and see what you (laughs) thought of this show uh overwhelmingly positive uh we have got 82 percent thumbs up 14 percent thumbs in the middle nice well, thank you very much for joining us here today. If you haven't already, please go over and watch the Wrestle Talk news over on the Wrestle Talk channel and become a member on Patreon. Help support us make those Saturday videos that you've enjoyed last week. And there's loads of exclusive stuff on there for you to watch as well. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. It's been Luke Owen. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 